0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Sounds of Symphony podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day or night or wherever you are to spend it with us and listen to the Sounds of Symphony. My name is Corey.
1: And hello, my name is Gina, and we are excited today to be joined by Dr. Alexander Stemmer, who is a physician board certified in internal medicine and infectious disease and is the medical director of our facilities in Dyer and Crown Point, Indiana. Dr. Stemmer has over 40 years of experience in infection control for healthcare facilities. He has published articles on infection control and most recently describing the successful use of monoclonal antibodies for the Prevention and Treatment of COVID-19 in Skilled Nursing Facilities, published in the Journal of American Medical Association. Welcome, Dr. Stemmer. Thank you. Nice to have you here with us today. So, Dr. Stemmer, we're just going to start off the bat by asking you, what were some of your main procedural goals for Symphony Care Network at the beginning of the pandemic?
2: That's a great first question. We recognized early on that we had a lot of experience and resource in the identification and prevention of infections in healthcare institutions but we also recognized that this was a virus that we knew very little about so our first goals were to implement procedures which could identify every healthcare worker and staff member who might be infected and identify every patient and then to also put patients into appropriate forms of isolation and use protective personal equipment to prevent the transmission of infection in our facilities
1: You know, I think I'll just echo, you know, what Corey and I both thought at the beginning of the pandemic, that this would probably be a short-lived virus. We thought we'd be closed for a couple weeks and then it would be business as usual.
0: I think I was looking back even the other day and noticed that we sat down at the start of this and said, all right, it'll be about two to three weeks. Gene and I had put together some plans for mid-April of getting back to business, mid-April 2020, mind you, of getting back to business and just how wrong we were.
2: I had caught the early publications on this at the very end of 19, the beginning of 20. And it concerned me because the spread was, you know, unique and where it was coming from was unique and how it was transmitted was unique. And so I became concerned very early on and in fact ordered hydroxychloroquine. By February, I had months of hydroxychloroquine for a lot of patients.
0: Wow. So Dr. Stimmer, you bring up a a fantastic point around not knowing what was coming down and being prepared, but it wasn't just us who seemed to have been in that boat because the CDC and and the rest of society also had a trouble adapting to what was going on. So what was it like to have to adapt to the continuous stream of information and suggestions that seemed to come by the minute from CDC?
2: The word that comes to mind is frustrating. It was apparent early on that the CDC's initial recommendations were going to be proven wrong. If you look back you'll recall that they did not endorse universal mask wearing where we felt that universal mask wearing and particularly the high efficiency masks like the N95 masks would be essential to stop the spread of this infection in the facilities. In addition skilled nursing facilities were not prioritized for the distribution of testing equipment or for personal protective equipment and so we knew what we needed to do but we found ourselves looking at people who had the equipment and the materials, but we did not. Mm-hmm. And so frustration is the word that comes to mind in response to your question. We
1: both would share that as well. I know that I'll speak You know, on the business development side again. So frustration on our end came that there was multiple conversations around the CDC guidelines. Frustration... For sure.
0: A lot of frustration and a lot of being able to adapt, you know, by mm-hmm. the minute, you know, I think your point about not supplying nursing homes adequately with the essential materials to keep our patients safe was a major fault within CDC. I even remember driving around the Chicagoland area mm-hmm. on a mission to try to pick up PPE from various vendors that had gotten shipments while right. the nursing homes didn't and stuffing my car mm-hmm. and driving around the buildings right. and just taking what we could get at the time. Sure.
1: Dr. Stummer, as our COVID task force lead, what do you believe is the most important thing Symphony Care Network learned since the beginning of the pandemic? And are there any procedures we implemented that made us stand out from other nursing homes?
2: The answer to the second part of your question is definitely yes. But let me start with the first part of your question. I think what Symphony learned from this pandemic Is how strong an organization it is. Symphony was able to identify the problem, identify that skilled nursing facilities were the epicenter of the problem, that our patient population was the highest risk population, and dedicated all resources to the identification of source control and to prevention of spread of this infection. Symphony went so far when we could not get testing equipment from the labs or the hospitals to buy its own testing equipment and to identify staff members that would bring that equipment from facility to facility so we could test our staff and we could test our patients and stop the spread of infection within the facility. The NIH heard of Symphony and the NIH reached out to us And asked us to work with Eli Lilly in development of a monoclonal antibody for the prevention and treatment of COVID-19 in nursing homes. That made us completely unique in the country. And Symphony grasped that opportunity eagerly and moved forward with it. I was asked to develop the protocol, which was rapidly approved by the FDA. And Symphony was asked to introduce the research organization to other skilled nursing organizations so that they could also enter this study. And so Symphony was at the ground floor of developing the protocols, treatment, and the prevention of Mm COVID-19.
1: Agreed. I mean, I think I'll add to that as we were reflecting back on, on our year of 2020. And all of the exciting things that Symphony was doing, we'd have uh, multiple leadership conversations with our partnership with Eli Lilly when we were purchased the Abbott machines. And we were able to test, you know, our employees and and, and patients and, you know, that we were able to share that information with the hospitals, that we were the leaders. We were the leaders in in the sniff world to be able to do that. So it was really exciting for us. I think it's something
0: that we still to this day talk about and are still extremely proud of. Mm -hmm. Now, again, we didn't realize it would go on for as long as it did, but we carried that leadership and that foot forward in the market in terms of testing, in terms of safety, and even to this day around what we're doing with Symphony Safe. And that kind of leads us into a really critical question here, Dr. Stemmer. What do you think is the biggest difference between nursing homes before the pandemic and now as we wind the pandemic down regarding safety and especially the Symphony nursing homes?
2: The biggest difference between nursing homes now and before the pandemic is our awareness of how the pandemic entered the facility. And the pandemic entered via our staff. Our staff is primarily younger people who became infected at home and unknowingly came to work and spread the infection to our patients. And patients then spread to further staff and then triggered the spread of the infection within the institution. So the biggest difference is that now we can test our staff and test our patients and stop that initial entry of the infection into our facility. I think that we are aware of the profound importance of mask wearing in the healthcare environment and appropriate isolation and separation of patients. And one other big difference that exists today is that within our facilities, we can identify patients who have been vaccinated and they are Kept in units or wings that are different from the patients who and whom we cannot confirm vaccination. And so in that way, also, we can stop the spread of infection within the facility. Has it been successful? Yes.
1: It's remarkable. Truly. So given all that, do you believe that nursing homes can be considered safer than other public places due to the procedures that have been put in place?
2: Without a question, a nursing home is now about the safest place you can be. Remember, we test all the staff to make sure they're not infected. We test the patients to make sure they're not infected. We make sure that everyone has received vaccine or the opportunity to receive vaccine. We have adequate personal protective equipment and policies to prevent the spread of infection from patient to patient
1: it's truly remarkable and you know add to that that nursing homes are still the only place that you'll see people wearing masks it's the only (laughs) place that you'll
0: see people wearing masks Mm -hmm. and to your point dr stemmer the only institution where we have those safeguards in place i know if you go to target now it's an honor system if you're vaccinated don't wear a mask but we are mandating proof of vaccines and if we cannot prove that our patients go to a separate wing our staff has other procedures in place and that is something that will continue because all eyes are on us after this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Stemmer, talking about the safety protocols and the extra safeguards that we've put in place here, do you see any of these procedures as beneficial to keep in place over the next month, two months, or even for years to come?
2: Let me start with an answer that you might not have anticipated as a part of your question. But remember, the protocol that we did using monoclonal antibody proved that monoclonal antibody Prevented infection, but it also proved that it treated infection. And so now we have a medication, monoclonal antibody, that can be administered to any person at risk as long as they are identified early in the course of their infection that will stop their infection from progressing. The medication that we worked on to get approval for can treat the patient overnight. And so that will change the lives of many people. I think that the other activity or procedure that is beneficial is to continue to encourage vaccination we know this virus is rapidly mutating At this point the mutations are still sensitive are affected are impacted are prevented by the vaccine and so we continue to need everyone to pay attention to the importance of vaccination absolutely it's something
0: that we still message out to all of our hospital partners all of our staff Is really on the forefront of all of our conversations Mm -hmm. as we look to increase our percentages and monitor what's going out there in the marketplace. But as an encouraging sign, I know from where Gina and I sit, if you had asked me two, three months ago what the percentage of patients who are vaccinated coming into our facilities from the hospitals look like,
1: absolutely and you know not only are the patients vaccinated but certainly the family members as well which has allowed us to open up a little bit more and just to be able to see these families and patients join once again where they weren't able to see their loved ones for so many months and at the beginning of the pandemic when the doors closed i mean it was about keeping you know the loved ones safe from the virus but then as the months went on and the doors were closed you know i mean there was really just a sense of failure to thrive for these patients. And so again, just with the vaccine and to be able to reunite, everybody's just been wonderful.
2: And now we're back to reinstitution of communal dining Mm -hmm. and using the physical therapy gyms, having visitation in common areas, not just out of doors. And so we're seeing a resumption of what I would call healthy human interaction.
1: Absolutely. And community events as well. So we're able to participate a little bit more. Our liaisons are able to round at the bedside have some great one-on-one interaction with patients prior to them admitting with the physicians, the social workers. So we are getting there. We're getting back to normal. We are getting there. <laughs> great to see. So we do have one more final question for you, Dr. Semmer, but you know, on behalf of Corey and I, so we certainly like to thank you for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here, and we're really, really honored that you're part of our symphony and team and lead our COVID task force. But my final question is, really, do you have any advice for the public regarding continuous efforts to create a safe and healthy environment?
2: Well, first, thank you for your kind words. And let me respond by saying it's an honor and a privilege to work with Symphony. And it's a unique opportunity to have had the opportunity to play a role in developing therapy, which will be pivotal in changing the course of this disease. I do have some advice in terms of creating a safe environment. We have to respect that this virus continues to mutate and mutates rapidly. And now a term at the tip of everyone's tongue is the Delta variant. But it should be pointed out that there is already a mutation of the Delta variant. We have a Delta on the Delta. And as this virus continues to spread from person to person, there will be more mutations. At this point, our vaccines are still active against this Delta variant. But we need everyone to be vaccinated so that we stop the spread, because stopping the spread stops the mutations. We won't stop the mutations until we get everyone vaccinated. So I would encourage everyone to keep yourself safe and to keep your loved ones safe by getting vaccinated.
0: Agreed. Agreed 100%. I think you might have hit the new motto of 2021. We started off this pandemic by saying slow the spread by social distancing and being safe. Mm -hmm. Now we're saying stop the spread and go get yourself vaccinated. Dr. Stemmer, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to sit and talk with you. And thank you, our listeners, again, for taking time out of your day or night to listen to the sounds of Symphony. At Symphony Care Network, part of our harmonious approach to care is to keep your loved ones healthy and safe during their nursing stay. With the onset of COVID-19, we have taken that commitment to a new level, employing Symphony-safe measures across our network daily disinfections using electrostatic misters, installation of advanced air purifiers, check-in kiosks with built-in thermometer checks, and of course, mandated PPE. To learn more about these and other Symphony Safe COVID-19 prevention initiatives, visit us at symphonynetwork.com, and we will catch you on the next episode of The Sounds of Symphony.